0: Shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast, talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts. Andrew and Dan. Welcome to episode 45 of the Adventures in Tech podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Dan. And we're excited you are listening. Once again, if you uh, like the show, show your support by providing feedback and rating wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate your support. Dan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Yes, it's the day or two before spring break, and I think everybody's ready to recharge their batteries and get rejuvenated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we will not be recording for about two weeks or so as we kind of regroup and, and recharge our own batteries. So I want to give uh, the audience that uh, information from the get-go. But we will be back. We will be back. Uh, we have a goal of a number of episodes to get through before this academic year ends, and we'll be back. And Dan was just talking about his Pipcorn.
1: I love my Pipcorn. <laughs>
0: Everybody's like, and, what's
1: Pipcorn? Right. It's it's tiny little popcorn. Is it like a
0: size of a kernel?
1: It's bigger than a kernel. Okay. So...
0: Pops a little bit, but not as big as popcorn. That's why it's Pipcorn.
1: It, You, you, <laughs> you just have to experience the Pipcorn. All right. Where can we find Pipcorn,
0: Dan? Besides where we talked about on Shark Tank. Any store? Uh, Yeah, I've seen it around. Not, I don't see it in delis or anything. No, so.
1: I usually get it. We we get, like, the hungry root deliveries, and they, ah, they throw Pipcorn in there. So it's a there.
0: mail delivery.
1: But I, I've seen it in stores. I okay. just can't remember which. Yeah,
0: Pipcorn. All right. Sounds Moving good. on. Moving on. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's talk. Uh, Dan, we we talked about this briefly uh, in a a past episode, but remember Plickers. I do remember Plickers. And you tried Plickers again.
1: I did try Plickers again. All right, let's talk. How did Plickers go? What did you do with Plickers? Uh, I used it for formative assessment. Okay. I used it um, just to really just... Get a little engaging activity because Plickers, Plickers has added some new things. I know we've talked about it, um, but they've added the ability to put videos into the questions and put audio in. Um, so you can upload your own audio into the Plickers and put that out as a question. They also have a pretty robust library of audio tunes. Yes, I, we were listening. Yes, I happened to choose for my particular situation a song by Bob Marley. Ah. <laughs> I was very happy to see that in their collection. but um, That's great. You know, there's sometimes when we just want that formative assessment and we don't really need to have the – we don't really want to – the Tech, we not, not even even if we have the tech, uh, we don't need to have everyone go onto a Google form or, or go into quizzes, right. Um, having those Plicker cards, having it put up quickly. I'll tell you what, I was most in, I mean, I'll just be honest, we've talked about it. I haven't really used it for a while. What, clickers? Plickers, oh, so no, I use it, agreed. The, uh, I, I used it the other night. What I was most impressed about is how much better the app has come at scanning. Uh, like, okay. I just did pretty much one sweep of the room from yep. the front panoramic, and, and done. I got everything and tells me as soon as someone registers, I see a register on the board. And so it was quick. It was quick. It, there it, was
0: some latency before. So it was,
1: um, they say, you know, I just pulled up the website again. Formative assessment has never been faster. It's quick. It's yeah. quick. And it gives you all of those, um, all that data that you'd get out of a lot of the other platforms, um, right there in your dashboard. So I mean, you can split up your question sets by having things graded or just surveys. Um, whatever you're looking to achieve with a formative assessment goal, I would not rule out clickers.
0: Yeah, so the simple part is, Dan, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you put, import your class. From Google Classroom. Nice. So that made it easier compared to in the past, you always had to manually input them. Uh, so your class is automatically in there. Does it sync grades from like so, your Plickers grades from the app into Classroom. I haven't got that far. I haven't tried that so far. But okay. um,
1: what it will do is, um, when you sync the class into Plickers, you can go to look at your roster and yep. print roster, and it gives you what card number they should have. One two. So you three. don't even have to go assign cards. You just say this one's number one two. So you just print off that free set. That's the key of, of Plicker cards. I would suggest doing it on cardstock paper. Right. If you have, but them. don't
0: laminate it, right? Because there's still probably be a reflection or a glare.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's needed. I don't know if it's needed. It it depends. But um, definitely, just print off that free set, um, and then give the students the appropriate number, and you're good to go. Remember, they just hold up what looks like a QR code, right? And really, you're, you're you can really only do like multiple choice questions because correct you'll hold it up in a certain direction if you want the answer to be a b c
0: or d right but you were showing whatever the questions were on 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 the board on the smart technology so on your
1: display board and then you actually manage the uh, questions and moving through from the app on your phone got it um so you'll just get choose the question and then you'll be able to hit what looks like you're taking a picture but it opens up the camera and then you'll be able to scan
0: like fireworks still is it still right where it says what the answers are? It's still on the screen when you're scanning? I haven't tried it recently. Does it, it still it'll look?
1: it'll light up the the person. So when you scan it, it'll tell you. It'll read the QR code, tell you the person's name right there on the screen and light up blue. So that means what they it, got it registered. That,
0: that it registered in. If there's ever a problem, it's probably red still,
1: right? It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't.
0: So that's cool. It's I mean, it, again, a just another tool for your toolbox for efficiency without needing the technology in your classroom. And you need a quick formative assessment now. Obviously, Dan, uh, using the free version, it's all you really need, right? That's all I needed, right? Um, so I know they have the the Plickers Pro for eight ninety nine a month. Um, you know, and you can kind of collaborate with the lesson content if it's something that's that's key. But, you know, it also has, you can use YouTube and images from the internet and different score sheets. So, and,
1: and what's nice is you're importing your Google Classroom, but the kids don't need to sign into anything. Right. It, it's, just, it's all very low tech. They just need nobody. their card.
0: Right. Just their card. So, uh, if it's something that you are interested in checking, it's plickers.com. Sign up. Ah, uh, you can kind of test it out. If you want to try the premium for fourteen days free, absolutely are able to do that as well. But it's something that was was like a hot topic back back before everybody was one to one devices and everything. It was the the best way I'd say to get a quick formative assessment mm-hmm. on how a lesson went uh, to see how students uh, you know understood with the content that you presented. So Plickers.com. dot com. All right. Moving right along, Dan, we got uh, some Google information. So, Google Voice, which a lot of people don't utilize, Google Voice, and that's fine. You don't need to, but it is another uh, format for communication where you're not giving out your personal number, mm-hmm. um, and you are able to use Google Voice and the app, uh, you know, for calls, so you can keep, you know, your number private. Uh, there's text messages, and now there's a lot of different things they've actually, actually done where you can turn uh, a Do Not Disturb on, uh, you can receive calls, you can receive uh, ring group calls. A lot of things have just been released with Google Voice over the uh, the last month or so. Is there anything you want to also talk about with Google Voice, Dan?
1: You know, I'm just one of those people. I'm, I have not used it, but I, I can see the value in using it, especially sure. if you're making a lot of phone calls to families and you know, text messaging, text messaging, especially
0: with Ed Law 2D, right? With the uh, but, certain kids being able to sign up,
1: sure. Um, and just you know, sometimes you're not making all those calls from work. You're at home. Um, and you just want to be able to do that, your Google Voice would definitely come in handy right there. Right, and it, it connects
0: to your cell phone and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, call from a district or, or a private number, you know, could be, you know, uh, something that... Uh, check it out if you're interested. It's nothing that is going to be life-shattering in how you change things, but it could be something cool. All right, Dan, we're kind of like fans of Apple, and we actually were able to experience a meeting with Apple and see how they have evolved their technology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was seeing how some students and how some districts are utilizing Apple technology for note taking, right? With uh, was it Good Notes, right? We right. were looking, checking out that app and how you're taking your handwritten notes and it automatically will put them into text format. So that's another app. Um, it's interesting to see how Apple is trying to re engage themselves with the education market. And we're hearing what they're developing, and it was just confirmed that WWDC 2023 from 9to5mac.com is confirmed for June 5th to June 9th. And what they are coming out with. Now, the reason why I really put this in is we know that, you know, many districts are Google or Microsoft, right? Not many are are in the Apple LMS system. That's number one. But what I thought was interesting was they are now coming out with their own VR headset. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to see... What that's going to look like, and it'll be announced. I'm assuming between June 5th to the 9th.
1: Yeah, it would be definitely interesting because it is that market where it could be a very valuable experience, and to see what they bring to the table. I mean, I th- I think Apple has always been part of that education space, correct? Um, you know, as terms of in terms of its ability to to create with a lot oh, of its absolutely. native with, with yeah. GarageBand and iMovie, and then. And, and then just the power that Photos, that does yep. that the um the I O system brings and you know they do have Apple Education they do have um, sort of a, a Apple Classroom yep I looked at it years ago but again we did not go down that journey I mean there was a lot of uh you know thinking about using a lot of, of Mac devices, it gets quite costly. That's the challenge uh, for districts. That's the challenge. And I know one of the challenges that we faced in the past, uh, especially looking at iPads, was for a while, you know, it's a hard thing to manage because they're really like a, a, a personal device Correct. and then trying to put it into a classroom. Um, but, you know, we had that meeting with Apple. They have really, um, it was really interesting to see how much they've, um, Just upgraded the interfaces of the iPads that have touchpads now and a keyboard, and it's a pretty powerful little device. Right,
0: and I can see the value if you're an Apple district, right? right? It would make sense, but you're not going to use an Apple device to use Google apps or Microsoft apps. Right. Like, it's just, it's like one extra step, and you want to be efficient, so... Um, but it's going to be interesting these VR goggles, too. right?
1: And you know the the one thing to consider is is looking at what the uh, tech infrastructure is in in the districts where you work. Right. I mean, if you do have some of those Mac devices, those iOS devices available, you should really harness the power of those um, to enable your students to really create some things. I mean, the Google. Um, the Google ecosphere is great, and there's a lot of, of things you can do in there and a lot of web-based, but sometimes you just really want to harness down, get to a device, and, and do some really, you know, high-definition work. Right. And, and being you, able to access some some things on, on iPads or Macs would, would really be great.
0: Right. Those creative tools mm-hmm. really, especially at the secondary level, are, are where it's, you know, those, those elective courses and some even the generic ones – uh, you know, are really what's needed for those kind of design aspects in and, a in a classroom, and
1: it's a great way to engage the students too. So, like when we we work with a lot of different grade levels, with podcasting or or. Yeah. You know, I'd say a lot of the, the, the movie production now is moving over to Canva. It but is, um, right. there's still there's still a place for editing. For iMovie. Uh, yeah. For iMovie and editing and then especially using GarageBand when we're doing the podcasting yep. so so the students can get into that part and go to that whole other level of creativity. Um, of creativity.
0: Yeah. It's definitely uh interesting to see what they're going in and they keep evolving. Um but I'm interested to see what is announced with the VR goggles, how it's connecting. Like, you know, we know that we have been a big proponent of utilizing class VR because everything's built within. So it'll be interesting to see what they're doing, if it's more of an Oculus set, or uh, if it's, you know, something similar to, you know, what their market share is going to be, how they enter that market. So... Uh, all right, so let's talk. We've talked a lot about AI. It's a big, big topic, it's, has been
1: since December. I think so. And right? It's still, it's still <laughs> you know, a lot of the feedback we get that our listeners are still very interested in uh, what's happening with AI. Right.
0: So it, this, this article came uh, from Wired.com, and the big thing is, so we have ChatGPT which a lot of people are still accessing the free account, but I believe it's only version 3.5, right, is what the language is that that we're able to get and use. Now, ChatGPT4 has come out and if you, uh, there was all the news, it got, uh, it did better, 90th percentile on the bar exam. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been, you know, doing a lot better and it hasn't fully been released it's still in beta to everybody it's only been released to those pay you know it's behind the paywall for those people so you have the chat gpt version and there's all kinds of apps now that are starting to use this technology mm-hmm. we have bing chat which we've talked to uh, talked about which is Microsoft's version and now it's called bard right yeah google bard. bard so
1: google is now getting in on it as think, well yeah they if people that were following the news a couple of weeks ago they uh, they they launched it and had a little bit of a mistake with it, right? Um, but uh, you know, it, it's just going in leaps and bounds, and and that's the one thing that I think that we have to be aware of. You know, we keep talking about it. We talk about ChatGPT. We know what it is, but the the amount of growth that the AI that's happening with AI, it, it, it's crazy. It's like a whole new, it's a whole new disruptor. And you look at how quickly. Um, these ed tech ed tech companies are bringing in this AI into the the, apps, right. into the apps. Um, it, it's crazy. And and I know like our, our good friend Matt Miller just released a book. Yep. Um about it. It's should be arriving for me today. So Soon, yeah, I'm yeah. excited for that. Um but, you know it's something I think, you know, just get across to our listeners is you you just can't put your head in the sand um, and try and ignore it because I think that the rate at which it's moving and the, the impact it's going to have uh, even beyond just the the education sphere just just the economy everything that the, the job market um, is going to be tremendous so we, we really need to keep keep aware of how those things are, are moving forward
0: yeah and Matt's book is available uh, paperback and Kindle on Amazon uh, if you are interested in it, I know uh, it was released about a week ago, I believe. Uh, Actually, two weeks ago, about March 16th, it was uh, released. It's uh, available AI for Educators, Learning Strategies, Teacher Efficiencies, and a Vision for an Artificial Intelligence Future. Uh, is is Matt Miller's book, so it's definitely uh, great. He also talked about it recently uh, with Dave Burgess, who is a past guest of our show, Mm -hmm. uh, as well on Dave's podcast, which he had mentioned, uh, I believe, in episode 43. But, you know, the discussion around AI, I know a lot of our episodes around that because that is what – it's just all over the place right now and how to, you know, attack it. You know, you have people, proponents for it. What's scary about it? How can we use it? What's efficient? And when we think about, you know, AI and all these conversations, so the open AI, which is ChatGPT, it is free. It does have the $20 a month version, right? Um, And we know ChatGPT and Google Bar can run on almost any browser. Mm -hmm. Microsoft, vintage Microsoft Move, limits Bing Chat to Edge. So if you're not using Edge, you're not going to use Bing Chat. But uh, it is now on the Bing mobile app for iOS and Android. So they're trying to figure all these things out.
1: Yeah, I, I remember to listening to a podcast uh, when when Bing was first launching it and, try, and having some trials with, with some people. And it's very interesting that now that's just incorporated into the browser. Now you had to choose to use it, but I, it's not going to be long before I think our, our whole uh, idea of Googling or searching something is going to change with AI. Right. I don't think
0: you're going to say Google it anymore, right? <laughs> you're going to be like chatbot it or something. I don't know. I don't know what the the lingo will be, but uh, and, and they do keep saying that it's not one hundred percent correct. They can only go back to what twenty twenty one. Some of their information they could be biased reports. So, you know, just I guess the 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 biggest thing um, to the outlying summary of this is. We know there's going to be chatbots. We know the, the interfaces, the user's interfaces are going to continually evolve uh, as we move forward, you know, um, in education. I don't know if you're going to need the plus, you're, you know, uh, for that subscription ever for ChatGPT and if the other ones go behind a paywall or not. But that's a machine. We're humans, Right. And, you know, we're going to inevitably always figure out the kinks and change and evolve with it as we move forward.
1: And and speaking about changing and evolving, you know, the one thing we talked about it with Matt, I think we talked about it with John, um, a lot of a guest. Um, feels weird not having a guest this week. It's, it's just us. People are <laughs> bored. <laughs> they are. Um, but it's a, you know... Freeing up time for teachers, and I'm that's not talking key. time where they can go just hang out and, and whatever, but time in the classroom to, to actively engage with your students. Um, so that AI, I think, is really going to, to take a lot of the heavy lifting off of the backs of teachers, and, and I think that's something to be really positive about. Um, of course, you know, there's some negatives that go with AI, I think, back to some other conversations we have sure. about how that could be used in, in, a, in a pretty frightening way. But just thinking about utilizing it um, for teachers. So I know there there's some articles out there, you know, ways ChatGPT or AI can really help teachers out. Um, you know, a few things out there. We talk about it, but just to reiterate for our audience, generating lesson plans. Yep. Um, looking at Curapod C-U-R-P-O-D.com. Um, it's kind of this AI specific for teachers that yep. want it, that allows teachers to harness the power of AI to generate interactive and engaging lessons. Um, it's interactive. Not sure how engaging. Um, I've used it a bit. But you can type in a topic. It'll generate an interactive slide deck. All the interactive activities now that have come are pretty much the same thing. Right. Um, but what's cool is it, it'll give you... Um, just a baseline to work off of. That's the key. That's the key,
0: right? We it's never going to replace the human interaction component of teaching and educating with students, and and the, that that human connection that we make with our students, right? So, mm-hmm. but this, like we we keep saying, efficiency. If it can help you, you know, get that skeleton of the, of the lesson plan, and then you tweak it for what you want, or you know, I need some ideas for feedback on student work. You know, you can input that. Quizzes and tests like Conquer, right? right? We've talked about that, how it can kind of help give you, you know, the questions and criteria and create that customized quiz or test that meets that criteria. And then you tweak it. It's not going you're not going to just copy and paste it, but it's going to kind of, dare I say, help, you without having to pay a certain website
1: that's true at least not yet um but like i'll say another one of those lesson generators is the new magic design in canva which we're um, big fans which of, i'm yep. a big fan of now so i i i mean i'm always i love google slides and i think i'll always have a place for that but i'm, I'm switching a lot of my design into canva because of a lot of the the magic design the image generators the graphics and then i'm just taking it And putting it into Google Slides when I'm done, Um, but that Canva creation for a teacher really does a lot of the heavy lifting for me. I mean, I I could design writer's block, yeah. But I mean, I could design it in slides, but you know, having the AI put out a skeleton for me with the graphics in there saves you time. It saves me time. It gives me ideas. It's inspiring. And then you know, just the idea of being able to look at things and you know provide different. Feedback on student work, like submitting student, you know, looking for, for those things, um, changing reading levels of different things that you have and having... Differentiating it. Yeah. Differentiating it, translating it. Conquer is amazing for generating the, that formative assessment, those reading comprehension, those quizzes and tests. Because you can, again, it'll give you something to work with.
0: Right, right. So I think, you know... That article, and we'll post it in the show notes, was uh, actually from a uh, doctor uh, of education uh, technology at Loyola University in Maryland. So she had some great ideas. Uh, So thanks to Dr. Kelly Keene. She's the program director of educational technology and an assistant teaching professor at Loyola uh, in Maryland. So uh, we will post the link. You can read her article, get some more ideas of what else five ways ChatGPT can make your... Uh, job as a teacher easier. And that's what she's talking about, efficiency, you know, mm-hmm. trying to help with that. And I think we kind of summed that up.
1: So you got something else, Dan? No, I just didn't about efficiency moving forward in AI. I know, uh, you know, saw this coming out. I see you have it on our uh, discussion points for for this week's um, which one go at. I'm going at practice sets in Google Classroom. Yes, and-
0: right. So here's the thing. And, and we know there's something else that we're going to be, utilizing or testing in beta for you know specifically in our district google is trying to keep up and 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 input and and use all of these things in google classroom where it's trying to make your life easier efficient effective all in one place so practice sets in google classroom we had a couple teachers was it last year like springtime right this is what we I think we were using in uh AP Environmental Science and some math classes. I was
1: thinking I think it was a little bit longer ago than was that. It? yeah. Wow. I remember Two when years they were ago, fir- we were first in that that pilot for yeah. it. um and you know what what we were doing then I can see how it was definitely leading to what this has come out with practice sets in Google. So, you know, what, what you'll have is it's a new formative assessment tool in Google Classroom designed right. to use AI-generated hints to help students self-assess and self-correct their work. So it's really building on that AI to, to generate um, ways for students to really mm-hmm. think about their thinking, right? Yep. A- and address that there. Um, so when you go and create a new assignment, you'll be, when, when it's launched and it's out there, you'll see an option for practice sets. Right, where and, it says attach on the bottom. Right. So, you can create your questions in multiple choice or short answer format. Select the correct answer just like you would in a Google form. Um, you got a math equation keyboard for math symbols. So, that's cool. And that's here's cool. the
0: thing it's going to import questions from a PDF.
1: Right. That, that's, and that's, the key. remember when we were uploading all those PDFs? I think it was like two years ago. It must have been. Yeah. We're, we're getting old. We're getting old. But
0: PDFs, you know, it kind of then you don't need dare I say, a, a you may not need another annotate tool, so right. to speak, for your mm-hmm. students, where then it's like, oh, did they attach the work? Did they not to my classroom? So if it's going to import those questions for you from your PDFs, where there's not a heavy lift of annotating and drawing, mm-hmm. right, overall, it's going to provide all those into a practice set in Google Classroom, and you have the, you know, the mathematic equation keyboard, and then it uses the AI to give video hints for students right. if they... Uh, are struggling with the questions, uh, you know, incorrectly. So it it is amazing for formative assessment to give that immediate feedback on correct incorrect answers. And there's a
1: show your work tool to complete equations and draw examples for students. It's like what we've asked for Jamboard built in, right? Well, there's a lot I'd like to see with Jamboard improve, but this is uh, This is really building into into Google Classroom themselves. So it's really. Taking that experience and providing that support for students as they're going through different practice sets. So I'm really hoping um, that this really gets a good foothold with our, with our uh, math and, and science teachers and start, you know, yeah. finding value in, in what is there.
0: I think it's a great way for us to kind of utilize it for specifically in those content areas where they have all those tools built in. If you don't see it, check with your uh, your admin for your, your district to see, because uh, it is part of, and depending on what license they're on, teaching and learning or education play plus upgrade in Google Workspace for Education. So it's called Practice Sets mm-hmm. in Google Classroom, and I'm pretty sure it's out now. Right, I believe it should already be released, but it could be a scheduled release uh, overall. So just check uh, at, with your admin to see uh, that it is turned on. So, um, all right, Dan. Last thing I want to talk about: Eric Kurtz, Control Alt Achieve. Love the blog, right? So we're gonna post this link: fifteen updates to make Google better, and he's got a great. I don't even want to say great, a phenomenal Mm -hmm. infographic. Is it fantastic? It's fantastic. Thank you very much for all those (laughs) fans who love that word. Make learning more personal to unlock student potential with Google for Education. Uh, You
1: see this week, Google is in London. Uh, I know someone who's going to London. I know. Maybe I should go. Can I crash? Yeah, crash it. Uh You know,
0: you're going to be working over there. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to go to Google. You're going to go to Wakelet. You're going to be hanging out with everybody over there. You know, have some tea. At tea time. But what I thought was interesting is, you know, this one, the number one that he said with Google Classroom updates, right? YouTube interactive questions. Is it taking over Edpuzzle?
1: I don't know. Um, Could be similar. I mean, we see that interactivity in videos, um, whether it's in Edpuzzle, Screencastify has it now, like Google's putting it into their YouTube. It's crazy. Um, It is crazy. And seeing, you know, I think that kind of just works into the workflow of um, a teacher. And, you know, I like those those interactive questions off of videos, especially as teachers think about building asynchronous learning materials or support materials for students. I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of teachers doing this uh, in classroom time. Um, Mm. I, I think the classroom time should be spent developing higher level thinking and not kind of everyone watching a video on their own, um, for but 45 you know, minutes for 45 minutes or right. whatever it is. You know, I don't know how this is going to come out in YouTube interactive. If the one thing is if you want to engage students in a video and have that formative assessment, I think Ed puzzle is still the way to go with that right. because you can launch Ed puzzle live. Um, right. That way you're, you're just launching the uh, movie for the class on your interactive board and students are interacting with it on their devices. Right, so, and this is not out yet.
0: It's still no. in beta, right? Um, it will be coming soon. Uh, we did uh, request the to join the beta program to kind of test it out to see. But that is something that's going to be interesting is how they're embedding that uh, within google classroom so that's that's update number one update number two uh that eric talks about well, we just I, well talked look about.
1: i do see that the kind of screenshot they have for that and it looks like you're not exactly in the youtube no so that filtering filtering so yeah it looks like it's uh uh looking a little, very similar to ed puzzle in that regard the nice thing is there'll be
0: no ads There should not be any ads probably within this.
1: No, probably not. I'd hope not. Now, I'm wondering then if, you know, since you're launching it through Google Classroom, that's a lot of the uh, syncing that you have to do back and forth with Edpuzzle and the grading, which I know some users express they're not the happiest with the Edpuzzle grading and syncing. It's frustrating. So, hey, you know, as... Again,
0: we'll see how that evolves, and if that makes things more efficient because the grading automatically syncs, it may be a tool that someone who uses it for that purpose... You know, maybe they got it right now. Maybe Ed Puzzle has worked out the kinks with, you know, with the grading. But if not, this could be something that could be beneficial uh, for for educators all around. We talked about
1: practice sets. Dan? Even right. <laughs> I saw this. I, uh, Dan, I, like, they I listen think, to me. They listen to us. They I,
0: but they really do. You have the bat phone. They called, you know, and Dan's like, listen, this, is, this would be a fantastic upgrade. You know, you know? I think
1: for the past... Five years You know how you always Have that thing In Google Classroom Like send us feedback I think like once a week And then to once a month And I would send The feedback where I need you to fix The gradebook So you can have quarters Yeah Semesters term, Whatever it is Trimesters exactly And uh, it's coming soon God. So
0: for the fall Let's say Right for Thank
1: goodness Because we've, we've got All the hacks On how to set it up And you know for but Trying to explain The hacks for, for those that maybe Are not familiar The Google Classroom Gradebook is fantastic because i'm not you know utilizing it you don't have to jump to three different platforms to record Correct. your gate you build your digital space you assign your work through google classroom which goes out to everyone they get notifications doesn't even have to be digital work that you can launch through and then you can do your grading in google classroom and everything's all nice in one little pretty one package. and you sync it except if you needed to export it into another um grading system right. that, that you may be using. Um, but the one negative about the, the Google Classroom gradebook is it just kept a running average. One gradebook. One gradebook grade for your entire year. So there was no first quarter grade, second quarter grade, Semester, third quarter, whatever, whatever, right. whatever it was. So you'd have to do like sneaky little things in your grade categories. Which we're not
0: going to explain because you're no longer going to need it come September.
1: <laughs> Let's hope not. But this is a long, long, long time coming. Um, they say coming soon. It can't come soon enough,
0: right? So it's called grading periods in Classroom, and it'll be uh, you'll have the option to create quarter, semesters, or terms, like Dan had mentioned. Assignments and grades will be able to be organized and viewed by these grading periods. So you name the grade period, mm-hmm. you put your start date, your end date, and I'm just looking at their sample. By mid-August, I believe this will be rolled out. So you'll have, uh, and you can add four grade grading periods. Three. It's a very simple. You can apply it to existing assignments, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were like, oops, I forgot to set it up at the end of five weeks or quarter one, you put the dates in, done, right? And, well, then, and copy I mean, it to all your classes.
1: I love it. Um, Efficiency. You know, I want to say thank you, Google. And then on the other hand, I say, why, why, why did it take so long? Exactly.
0: But <laughs> you know what? They listened been. to you, Dan. They were like, this Dan Roberto needs to stop emailing Maybe. me right now. So. Uh, Google Docs has got some updates, right, custom building updates. blocks in docs. Mm-hmm. right? So a uh, lot going on with that. Again, I think most of these are going to be for academic year, starting in August for the you know the schools in the South and the west. Um, but you have custom building blocks in Google Docs. Right.
1: So you can you can we're all used to the idea of making a template um, for something and sharing that. Right. like make a copy for each student in Google yep. classroom. But now you'll be able to create, and reuse your own custom building blocks. So you can basically create templates that can be inserted into a doc whenever you need them. So this could be if you have a lesson plan template, a lab activity, a study guide, yeah. a, a, any sort of different table that you use over and over again, you can make those your building blocks. So when you go in and create something new, you can then just bring those in. I think that's an awesome feature.
0: Dan, rejoice for the next one with your do nows, right? Because typically uh, you, you get that extra timer or stopwatch that you're adding Mm -hmm. as an extension or just uh, on on Google itself. Now, timer and stopwatch chips, we love chips, are in Doc's. Right, love It's it. currently <laughs> rolling out now, so you'll be able to add those interactive timers and stopwatches to any document. That's it, really cool. Isn't that great? The timer chip will count down from a set time that you give, or the stopwatch chip will count up from zero, and that can obviously be used to measure how long assignments take or signify the I, end of a so due. I now, I love
1: – I'm just, like, looking at – so I love – we talked about those collaborative Google Docs that yep. you can build and, and have students engage in that collaborative space, which I love – Um, But now you can be like instructions, create, you know, take the next 10 minutes to create a group presentation about your favorite animal presentation should be like five minutes long. I'm just reading their example. and You can put that timer right in there, right into the document and it counts down right there in the doc. That's amazing.
0: The easiest way to use it, too, is you just hit. You know, you would type at timer or yeah, at stopwatch, smart chips, at whichever these smart chips, you'll see them. They kind of become like gray bubbles or, or whatnot in your docs. So it's it's really great. And then the other one that's coming in docs is exciting, too. Yeah, voting, voting chips tool. And you just type at voting. So it's becoming very simple. The, the voting chips, then users can then click on the chips to cast their votes, see the running totals surveys, quick formative questions, and more for voting. Uh, that's coming soon as well. And it says, "Vote well, for which book you want to read first is their example. You can vote with an emoji, Dan.
1: I, You know, and the thing about this is, I, you know, we're talking about all these things going into docs. Like docs should not be forgotten as building right. a digital space for your hyper docs, your collaborative spaces. It's a great tool. Um, we've talked about it for a long time with the smart chips and everything that's going into docs. It's really becoming such a robust robust design tool that we you should really look over some of these links, look at what has to offer, because I think you might have those aha moments going, oh my gosh, this is going to help with my designing of learning experience so much. You know, I love that voting put right into a table with a smart chip and a doc. You don't have to click on another link to go to a form. Everything's going to be right there Isn't in real great? time. Um, as you're going through. So I'm like, this is going to revolutionize uh, some of the ways I build HyperDocs. I might yeah. start going back into Docs instead of um, building. Pageless Docs. Pageless Docs instead yeah. of just building um, my HyperDocs and Slides. slides. Yeah, it's exciting. It's so there's exciting. definitely, uh, you know, being aware of what's there. There, I can definitely see for different types of activities that one would definitely work well. And I'm seeing a lot more uses for docs now.
0: Yeah. All right, Dan, you got to love slides, right? We talk well, about we it. Well, we though do. You know,
1: I gave it a little less love you for You pushed it to the
0: side for Canva. However, they're they're trying to catch up. Google Meet and Slides Update 5, Dan, 5. five. And this is key. See Speaker Notes in Meet. Right? So,
1: yeah, that makes the, sense.
0: Show the speaker notes. If they're time you can then be reading them as you go along through your presentation. Uh, no one else in the meet will see the speaker notes. It's for the presenter to follow along with your notes more uh, more easily. And uh, that is currently available, right? right? Another one we've talked about, Dan, is co presenting. Co-present. Yeah. So, co presenting slides of meet. We know if you're giving that spoken presentation, uh, you don't want to have to worry about controlling advancing the slideshow. Now you have that co-presenter who will be able to advance the slides, play videos, and more to make it easier for whoever is is presenting. Gosh, we needed that a while ago, Dan. We did. I still
1: can't wait to try it out.
0: You know, the AI-powered hand-raising in Meat, right? Right. AI's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when you raise your physical hand, the AI in Meat will see that and automatically you raise your hand-raise icon. what's
0: gonna happen when i say goodbye
1: i don't know (laughs) i'm just gonna mess with people hey hey put your hand up put your hand down put your hand Um, Uh, i'm gonna i'm going to use it the next time i'm in a a a meet with some of our colleagues
0: oh we should just create a meet just to have this reason absolutely dan you have a question no i don't no yeah uh that's kind of funny though uh Closed captions and meet recordings. So this is great it you is. Know, for the closed captioning, you know, for that because it automatically includes your captions in your meet recording. So if you ever have to share your meet because someone misses it, uh, those closed captions can help and it'll uh, support all those users who watch the video at a later time. Right. And of course, many languages are supported.
1: For real. So um, that's and that's fun. one of the things, too, that... Um, you know, work with, with with teachers that need to provide um, learning resources for students that speak languages other than English that, you know, with Meet that it will, if, if you're on a Meet, the person that's on the other end of it can change their captioning language. So it's going to, in real time, take your voice, translate it for the person on the other end.
0: Helps those learners, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and the last one I think we, well, we had, but please, A lot of those third-party extensions that we've all used for different various reasons as we got through the pandemic with uh, a variety of backgrounds, green screen backgrounds Mm -hmm. in me, they may be... um, doing a disservice to your Chrome, and if you ever have problems, it could be because you may have those extensions installed, no longer needed. You can get rid of all those Visualizer ones that you had because custom backgrounds in Meet uh, is now upgraded uh, as well. So you can add those custom backgrounds for, for educators and students to use if Google Admin has turned it on, and that will help the, with clear identification and consistency across your school when you're in a Meet. So making sure things are appropriate at all mm-hmm. times.
1: So, so. Yeah, I think we should um, move forward uh, just yep. a little bit more. I don't want it, but I love all these new updates. They always seem to come around this time of the year. But Chromebook updates. So yeah. um, I don't know if we talked a lot about it, but Google on Chromebooks had rolled out last year, Screencast for Chromebooks. Think about Screencastify, but built yep. into Chromebooks. let you and your students record your screen, webcab, bo- voice, annotate on screen. So just like that Screencastify extension, um, but now they've um, upgraded some of those. So they're releasing a web player for screencasts so, so that anybody anyone can, can it. watch it on any device, which I think now that they're having these things, it's something that we can look into a little bit more. And it's also expanding the recording and transcription support in screencasts for, for a lot of uh, new languages, including Spanish, Japanese, Swedish, Italian. Think about that with Translate. So you mm-hmm. need to record
0: something, you know, and, and have it, where they can hear the you know the the transcription in uh, Japanese, let's say, right, right. It's going to be very easy in that regard. And I believe, depending upon which Chrome OS it is, it's coming out with M one twelve, which is soon, soon. I think we're on one eleven. I think right. version one eleven. And, and so, just,
1: I just want to remind people that this is only uh, on a Chromebook, so it's not on a Chrome browser. So that's the difference. When right When you now. need to utilize that screencast feature, you have to be on a Chromebook.
0: Right, and so. That's what, you know, I mean, if it eventually becomes a Chrome browser feature, that's going to be a game changer. That will be, you know, looking at it, especially with the, the languages. So mm-hmm. um, I think we were, we kind of mentioned reading mode, right? Right. In the past. Mm-hmm. So it's
1: one of those that Eric Kurt shared before when his Google tools to support all learners, which is still I go to on a regular, regular basis. Yeah.
0: Um, but um And it's going this one is going to be built directly mm-hmm. um uh, into the Chrome browser. So not necessary to be on a Chromebook, but you'll be able to open the panel on the right side of Chrome and choose reading mode. Right. And uh, there you will see the clean version of just the text from the web page with images, videos, and other elements removed.
1: Very similar to uh what is this extension? Is it Mercury, Mercury, Reader? Mercury, Mercury, Reader? Mercury Reader or Postlight Reader? Yeah. I think it changed its name. Yeah, um, they're now called Postlight. It'll strip out all the ads and all the distractions and put that right there. So built right into the browser, always makes things. Then we can get rid of an extension and... Clean it up. Clean it up. Won't be as messy. So last one is cast moderator updates. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the tool
0: that makes it easy and secure for students and teachers to display your screens if you're using this to a projector uh, or some kind of smart display in the classroom. This will give the teacher greater mobility. As we say, we want to be untethered and gives every student the opportunity to share their work and ideas with the class. It's getting Mm -hmm. several new updates, so you'll be able to pause the screen while casting And they can keep working on their laptop without showing anything new uh, if they're taking notes or prepare uh, something else to share. Um, Teachers will now be able to switch which tab is being shown uh, without having to end the cast session. So you won't be ending, starting, ending, starting. And then, of course, again, the languages thing, Dan, you know, 10 more languages. uh, And that should be available now if you are uh, using the cast feature uh, for Google.
1: So I think some of the big updates is how Google is incorporating transcriptions and translations and all these things to support languages uh, other than English. And and I think that's a big, big advantage for a lot of us out there.
0: As more of these updates are officially rolled out, please check out Eric's uh, website, Control Alt Achieve, because I'm sure he's going to be offering so much PD on his YouTube channel, Uh, and and everything uh, that shares all of the information regarding it. uh, And he'll have little tutorials as well. And I think that's who we got to get on the podcast is Eric. I I would love that. We met Eric a bunch of times at different conferences. I think we got to see if we can get him on before the end Mm -hmm. of the year uh, just to talk about all of these as well. But you talk about making that learning more personal and unlocking student potential. It is definitely, definitely going to help our students uh, have more personalized learning and a more collaborative, accessible classroom, and of course, it's going to be uh, safe as Google continues to update those safeguards. So. Dan, that was a heavy lift of a lot of information, but it, it was is. definitely, definitely needed. Yep. Any other final thoughts, Dan?
1: Nope. Just everyone uh, be well. Hope everyone that uh, does have a break coming up. Or, or currently, on currently on it. Or yeah. currently on it. Because who knows when, I'm not sure when this one's going out. But uh, that everyone had a chance to rest, recharge, and...
0: Uh, Get ready for the final few months of the school year. Woohoo! That's it. All right, so once again, thank you for all your support. Till next time, Tech Car, Work Smart, Live and Adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A. Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.